Welcome to Rants About Humanity, a podcast where we interview guest experts with passionate opinions about important topics that don't get enough attention. Raw, unfiltered, thought-provoking perspectives with no censorship. With your host, Philip Van Houta. Welcome everyone to the Rants About Humanity podcast. Today I have Adam Ringham as a guest. Adam is a natural health informed consent advocate that loves all things natural. He's a prior military veteran who spent a decade as an alcoholic, drinking two pots of coffee per day, smoking two packs of cigarettes, a gallon of Diet Coke, and a pound of gummy bears or peanut butter and M&Ms per day, and find himself at over 300 pounds at one point. After an intense spiritual awakening over the next couple of years, he dropped the weight, quit the coffee, dumped the smoking, canned the Diet Coke, and stopped the overall self-destruction. Since putting down the bottle, he's written and co-authored numerous books about essential oils and epigenetics, astrology, numerology, gematria, I don't even know what that is, linguistics, gematria, linguistics, anatomy, and physiology, and a few books on informed consent about the Xavines and medical intervention in childbirth and planning on releasing a lot more in the future. Glad to have you on the podcast, Adam. Now, a question that I have, I see that there were a lot of addictions in the past. You also joined the military. Was there also some kind of addiction underneath the fact that you went in the military? No, you know what? It was more brainwashing. And I'm going to, I'm sure I'll catch lots of hell for this, but it's totally fine. You know, it's, I wanted to say, hey, I'm going to join the military, do the honorable thing and like serve my country, you know, that whole happy stuff. There was obviously, you know, it was part of it was paying for college and I was cool with it. I'm like, listen, I get to, you know, do my part, be in the National Guard and, you know, that happy stuff. And I was all for, you know, hey, this is, this is cool. This is, you know, I'm going to go help the world. And, you know, this was when you're young and dumb. And then all of a sudden, pretty much, Right after I was sworn in, I figured out I got duped. That the entire whole Team America, yeah, you know, that whole thing could not be closer to the truth. Like America, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. So that whole thing, and I'm not saying I hate America, but the concept of, you know, we're, we're the terrorists in the world. We, every, all of these different wars and, you know, the war in Afghanistan is about lithium deposits so the CIA could control the opium supply and... You know, the reason we even went to Iraq, well, we gave him the weapons of mass destruction that were there. So we had to go take them back because he was using them on the Kurds and they were supposed to use it against the Iranians. But instead, they used it on the Kurds and the U.S. couldn't have it getting out that they were poisoning people with the WMDs we gave them. So for me, that was also bizarre. And one of the things that woke me up seems like so long ago that you, you invade a country based on evidence, weapons of mass destruction that are not there and you don't have any retribution or some kind of things that you have to pay for attacking a country under false promises. It's, it's kind of weird because I can imagine any other country doing it like, no, no, this should be on the United States trial for crimes because it's against international law. But there's like, oh, do whatever, just build a pipeline, whatever, you know, give a false pretense. We don't care. Um, and part of it was the this, a plan that was set in motion back in like the late 80s, a part of the Greater Israel Project. Because the United States is the military arm for Israel, because Israel basically owns America. So, you know, Israel, this little teeny country that can't produce anything to sustain itself, somehow is a world superpower. For like, It's like, how did this happen? Well, it's because the U.S. has basically sworn allegiance to Israel to do their military bidding. And 
this is all part of the greater, greater Israel project to destabilize the entire Middle East and leave Israel as a superpower of a kind. So, you know, well, there's these... I'm always fascinated about this topic, and we're immediately into controversial territory, which I don't mind at all. I know that the military of Israel is like super advanced and super strong. Why is Israel not invading countries around it? Like, why would it be using international powers to slowly enhance their territory? Because well, they did, I, I think well, in the six, I think in the Six <laughs> Days War or whatever, or I know I'm, maybe I'm butchering it. They, 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 the, the Arabian surrounding countries invaded them, and they just waltzed over them in like a couple of days or weeks. Yeah, the reason is why would they when they can make the U.S. do it? They don't have to deal with the PR or anything. And the other thing, we've got all the Americans from the brainwashing of flag waving morons that are like Team America. F yeah, here we go. You know, anything for God said we're gonna go. The whole. And listen, I bought into it for a little bit when I was younger because I had no idea. You know, I was 17 when I joined. I'm like, you know, I'm here to serve country. You know, America's this like wonderful little sparkly, shiny little object that's like, you know, the pristine world, whatever. But you look at Israeli Mossad's slogan, it says, by way of deception, we shall wage war. So the Israelis were actually behind the 9-11 false flag. And obviously, if we let that come to, I mean... Look at how many of the terrorists were Saudi Arabians that were actually part of this whole kid Kabuto. We didn't do anything to Saudi Arabia. Well, that's the strange thing that I found. Like, okay, the the the, the so-called pilots or whatever. If you completely believe that story, there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that you could question about it. We're all from Saudi Arabia, or most of them, and then you invade Afghanistan. <laughs> that's the same Osama <laughs> bin Laden that's been shaking hands with the Bush family and you know, oh, yeah, oil right. deals. <laughs> They dumped his body overboard. Be like, listen, they had no intention of ever catching Osama bin Laden. He was just a little scapegoat. But wasn't that crazy? It was like 15 years of Osama bin Laden. You know, we can't find him. And then suddenly, oh, we find him. Here's a picture. Bye. Like, what? Huh? And then they dumped his his body overboard before anybody can see it. To be like, oh, yeah, we caught him. But we can't show you. So we just dumped him overseas because it was like unpatriotic to show you. Was there also some of the soldiers who found them that they died? Or am I, am oh, yeah, they all were killed. Yeah, all but one of them. And they made the movie about this, like the rabbit hole of this stuff is so deep of what's really going on. They deliberately didn't catch him because they were saving him as a war, a war prize for the Obama campaign to push this other agenda and Hillary Clinton, you know, nonsense that was going on. So it was they... I mean, number one, the CIA created Osama bin Laden and everything. Like he was the, I believe he was the first person that tried I guess to the Russians him. first, right? And they delivered the arms to him. <laughs> like it's the most comical thing when you step back and you know we move from remove from all polarization to say death and war is awful. Do not get me wrong, and the atrocities being committed are they infuriate me. But- However. You step back a little bit from it and you look at it from this really far detached perspective. You just all, you just have to go, are you kidding me? <laughs> you're like, look at this, this yeah, nonsense. I, I think it's like three stages. First, you're like angry and then you're like grief. And then you just have to laugh at like how big the lie and how big the rabbit hole is. Because we're making this interview on a special time. They had to divert attention and create another conflict. So right now in Afghanistan, the Taliban is taking over. So I'm just talking that you had the CIA training Osama bin Laden to fight against the Russians and they provided arms to them. And now I'm reading stories about Americans leaving and their arms leaving them, you know, all for the Taliban there so they can take over. I'm like, what? What? Yeah, it's, it's the most unbelievable thing that you can't, you couldn't write a science fiction movie more absurd than reality at this point. 
So, but you're definitely true. Like I went through the stages because, you know, I was involved in it. I was so pissed off being like, I was duped into this, that I was part of this. And now granted, I, you know, as you get a little older, I step back. It was part of my soul's plan to say, mm -hmm. listen, had you not experienced it firsthand, yeah. you'd have never believed any of this stuff. You'd have never understood and believed anything they put in the vaccines for behavioral modification of soldiers and VMAT2 gene editing, uh, which is the SCLA1A1 and the SCLA1A2 genes, which has to do with the empathy and compassion center of the brain, which is why we got 22 veterans a day that are committing suicide that have never seen combat because there's genetic and behavioral modification programs that's part of the military's vaccine program that they don't want thinking compassionate soldiers, they erase the compassion aspect and area of the brain through gene editing and CISPR and heavy metal toxicity and weaponized viruses, and mycoplasmas and prions. You can disable specific regions of the brain, specifically in this right region right here, where empathy and compassion is located. The problem is when you erase that part of the gene that has compassion for that part of the human genome that has that emotional compassion for somebody else, you lose it for yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's why we see so much in the military of this rampant self-destruction of the pornography and the alcohol and the smoking and the just violence and, you know, just skulls on everything and just kill everything for no other reason than to kill everything. There's not only, you know, the military training aspect of it, that it's, you know, just follow order, shut up, whatever, but there is the whole behavioral and genetic modification component as well that obviously is a very difficult subject to talk about and there's not a lot of people that are going to really understand until we kind of hit this whole covid mrna vaccine thing this all this stuff being tested in the military you go talk to a bunch of military members and say hey how many of you guys had your shot records go missing mine repeatedly would just i'd come in i'd get a bunch of shots and i'd literally i'd go into the office close the thing and hand them to them I'd come back the next day and open it and say, I watched you put this in the file cabinet. I got 10 people behind me that saw me get all my vaccines yesterday. They were right here with me when I turned it in. Where'd they go? I was 20, 20 years old at the time. So I didn't I'm like, whatever vaccines, I'm going to put for whatever. So after I started seeing like my hospital records had disappeared and my vaccine records had disappeared, I kept getting revaccinated. I said, got a little older, I started looking at myself and there was one day, we'll summarize this and Jesus and I had a little visit and he held, mm -hmm. up, held up this mirror one day and he pretty much said the exact words of, dude, what the F are you doing to yourself? He swore at me. I was just like, what? Well, <laughs> you're not supposed to do that. He's like, I need to get your attention. I'm going to hold up this mirror of consciousness and you got to take a real hard look at yourself because there's some shit going on. I need you to look, I need you to pay attention to it. We won't be able to put this video on like YouTube so all the people are checking out on Rumble, etc. because they don't allow people to have free speech and open debate. But since it's going to be that podcast, I can be as open uh, as it can be, you know. I think one thing that's lacking right now is awareness and reflection. And that's the beginning of wisdom. And, you know, they do anything to not make people aware and to not make them reflect. They like to point fingers, you know. You read the book, uh, The True Believer by Eric Hoffer. And he also says that a lot of things that people do is just a compensation for lack of personal responsibility, lack of self-worth, and they then just use it to project it on other people so they're more easy to control because they look for the solution outside of themselves. Yeah, there's a great book since we're talking about the mirror of consciousness. I got this one from uh, 
friend of mine I went to Egypt with through the Resonance Foundation. He's probably going to hate the fact that I'm saying this. <laughs> also, I'm talking about he's going to be like, dude, do not connect me to any of this. But his name is Robert, Robert Edward Grant, and he's got this unbelievable book called The mm. Mirror of Consciousness. And the number of mathematics or the amount of like mathematics and physics and Walter Russell style unbelievable cool book and it doesn't get into any kind of psychology and stuff that you're talking about but since we were talking about the mirror of consciousness of sitting right here i'm like we gotta we gotta plug it for him because yeah and, it, and if some cool people book. think that we're crazy you can even find it on youtube you can find experiments where they gave lsd to soldiers and they were looking at how they were behaving you can read about mk ultra how they were like trying to research about trauma and fears and how to have people do certain things you know based on social behavior, biological impulses, social impulses. So this is not new. They've been doing this for many, many decades. Yeah. And there's spinoffs of MK Ultra of Operation Monarch of trauma-based mind control. And there's a lesser, much lesser known topic of the Montauk project and the spinoffs from that with Stuart Swerdlov of they're able to use I'm very familiar with the military's like super psychic and super soldier program of what they do remote viewings and but the thing is they can do they can, there's things called psychotronic weaponry with scalar wave technology that scalar wave can go any direction it can be healing or basically what they do is they hook you know all humans have psychic capacity to some extent you mm -hmm. know it's as your consciousness rises the levels it's the field known as noetics or the ability of focused human attention to collapse quantum waveform functions mm. like kind of like when you think about somebody else all of a sudden they'd be like oh my gosh i was just thinking about you right before you called they can feel that connection of you collapsing quantum waveform functions by focusing your attention on them and so funny enough the, the movie the men who stare at goats type of deal was like a comical version of it mm -hmm. But the field of noetics is a very real thing that they put people inside of Faraday cages and they could affect people just by thinking of one of the, I mean, it's how Reiki works. It's how prayer works. It's how all of these different, you know, these sort of things work of, you know, quantum entanglement and focused human attention, collapsing the waveform functions via the observer effect. Anyway. Yeah. But anyway, like if, if you would have said this like so many years ago, we'd be like, okay, this guy is like way out there. But what I'm realizing now in this whole like year and a half is like, what made you decide it so far out there? Oh, the prescribed narrative who wasn't who wasn't allowing you to, to investigate this. I'm not saying it's true, but I'm not also saying it's not true. I know when you go to Tesla, when you go to William Reich, he was like Oregon and investigating this. All these people have been cast out or assassinated or put on the fringes of science, you know? So that's definitely something intangible in terms of consciousness, uh, frequency, vibration that is uh, more than just the physical body that we think we have. And there's definitely knowledge out there that we put in the woo-woo things, but we don't put it there. It's certain institutions that keep it on the fringes and outside of the limelight. Yep. And no one has to believe me. You know, go research the field of noetics. It's mind-blowingly cool. So I'm just tossing out there as an idea, and then there's a very real thing of psychic implants, basically programming. We were talking about it right before we started, of women being programmed through all the movies that women during childbirth it's this ah, screaming type of deal which could be not could not be further from the actual truth of true childbirth is this most incredible beautiful thing that you know we're in sabotage through pitocin which then causes unnecessary c-sections and it's vaccines during the course of the whole thing screwing up the stuff and circumcision of men well i will talk about circumcision as we move forward here a little bit because that's an important you mean topic. genital mutilation yeah, infant male genital <laughs> mutilation. We got to be really square with what it is. But 
All of these things as a psychic implant programs women to then manifest their own reality through this to, oh, when I have a child, this is the way it's supposed to this be. This is yeah. super fascinating what you're saying. I've been like uh, thinking a lot about this. You know, we think that our reality determines our perception, but a lot of what we think is normal or is the, the default is just based on perception. And the more you repeat at the perception, the more you think like, this is the way how it's done. Just as a child looks like, okay, is this is how I should behave and checks for feedback. So all this cultural, perceptual, ideological programming, even though we think like, yeah, that's kind of weird, but we see it all. All the time so in a way it becomes a bit the norm by just keeping it familiar familiar and keep on repeating it we we often don't realize how that perceptual entrainment how strong it is in determining our views of reality yeah they do that i mean take a look at you know john q public at this point of house nobody has any idea how to have an actual relationship with a between a man and a woman really yeah. at this point it's always filled with drama and this ever because they're watching all of these yeah. TV shows, programming them to say, with your psychic implants, this is the way a relationship is supposed to be, is filled with drama and the stupidity. And the second it's fine, you need to do something dumb that messes it all up. Take a look at all of the kids' movies that are out there. All of them are single parent, a parent dies in the beginning, MK Ultra trauma based mind control. Someone, like, it's all programmed to where is the happy two parent family with a kid mm -hmm. that has any kind of adventure? With, doesn't exist. It's always single parent to train these kids to grow up to be single parent because of the destruction of the family unit. And then we get into like yeah. gender, whatever mental illness thing that gets out there now. Well, we're gonna go, we're gonna go into that shit because this is like we're blowing off the lid, etc. Another video that I saw today is autism, right? And it used to have like one out of thousand children had autism. Now, when you take a look at you know one out of hundred children have autism. And when you see how many people get savvy when they're young, it's a gigantic bunch. So it's one of the most documented things, the effect that it has on autism. How the hell can you have 10 times more autism in children? It's closer to a thousand times more autism. And I mean, this was a very calculated military-like takeover that we have a lot of souls incarnating at this time that volunteered to come back to raise humanity's consciousness of a kind. The powers that be know this. They have understandings of this Kabbalistic wisdom, which I love delving into Kabbalism. I mean, it's the way the universe is put together. It's beautiful. It is really, really, really cool. I mean, know thyself. If you know the psychology of yourself, you know the psychology of the universe. However, what it is, there's this very military-like strategic plan in place to keep the control mechanism of this Babylonian false matrix and false reality that's been set up of our, our world is entirely different and completely off the natural foundation of what's supposed yeah. to be. So they've created this entire alternate reality that they've locked people into through programming, through trauma, through this entire militaristic calculated, here's how we're going to keep the herd in control and keep them living in their prison without walls that they put their own chains around their own neck and they'll literally can try to take the chains off fight you for their servitude to be like, no, listen, I want to be part of the servant. Part of it is the whole thing of, you know, the it's, it's Stockholm syndrome. They're abusers of abuse, you know, our abusers for lack yeah. of a better way to put it. No, but we have, has, humanity has been traumatized so much. It now says basically if someone tries to break them free, they just like the Jewish are turning in the other people of the, you know, Helen Keller or whoever the heck it is. Yeah, how the hell can you live right now in Israel and say never again, never again, never again, and always talk about World War II and the propaganda, and then you're like one of the most vaccinated countries in the world right reporting now. Your, reporting your neighbors who's not vaccinated kind of deal. 
You know, it's so, unfortunately, we got Stockholm syndrome that humanity has been traumatized so much. It's now become a, oh no, I'm one of you. Look, I'm reporting the other guy. Don't hurt me, get him. So they've been traumatized into this falling in love with their traumatizer. And that's where we're at because we've had 99% of people are living at PTSD level stress because they've been so traumatized. They have no idea what actually. Yeah. And, and it's going to be a big work, but I'm planning to do someone in the future. I gave, also gave like lectures about cultural Marxism, how it works, etc. But all these things are puzzle pieces. They needed basically to destroy any stable foundation in society. So people have nothing to rely on anymore. Destroy the nuclear family, destroy your, your gender, destroy your relationship, destroy the masculine and the feminine, destroy being proud of your nation, being dist- uh, proud of your heritage, being proud of the color of your skin. It all had to be destroyed. So people have nothing to rely on anymore. So they're just crybabies that just want, you know, the nanny state to take care of them because there's no foundation, no essence, no connection anymore. Yep. I mean, all very deliberate. And I personally, however, there's we're going to take polarization of obviously destruction and everything that's going on. But from an alternate larger view outside of it, I'm actually okay with a lot of the destruction of this stuff. I don't want to sit here and be proud of a country that's worth 30 trillion dollars in debt that's responsible for killing more people than how many other. Why on earth would I want to be proud of that? Number two, heritage and lineage and everything. That's still identification with something you just inherited. It's not you. It's something your flesh prison has as constraints. I mean, obviously, it's cool to say, hey, my ancestors were Vikings because I'm Norwegian and Nordic and whatever. Like that, That's cool. But as you move and evolve consciously into a more, say, we'll call it 5D self or move, you know, mm-hmm. right brain or whatever else, you need to lose the identification with all of those things of lose the identification of here's what it even means to be masculine. Because right now the idea of what it means to be masculine is fucking nonsense. It's ridiculous. And however, too, even this whole new like divine masculine type of deal completely neglects neglects the idea of psychological androgyny, of the ability that we're both, men are both left brain, right brain, and we're meant to have that balance, the polarity of having physical male body, physical woman body. I love that, don't get me wrong, I dig that. However, the embracing of the own divine feminine with every in, within every masculine at the same time is so very little talked about when they're like, oh, divine masculine, you know, blah, blah. Like they completely neglect of the aspect within every single person that is that's required for these evolutionary leaps in consciousness, especially in psycho-emotional processing and psychic abilities in just processing in general to bring the emotional aspect and the feminine embodiment into a physical male body, which sounds very weird, but you get into, as Jesus called it, hatamim, or the perfection, with a divine union, which is all about his temple on the mount speech was all about was the divine union of as you start moving closer and closer with your partner and embodying the feminine that she just represents in this mirror of consciousness, it starts getting into the lovemaking of where, you know, when you start having intercourse, you feel everything your partner does to where you can, as you get more in touch with it, and it's very strange at first, of where you actually feel what it's like to be a woman having you inside her penetration type of deal. So it's 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 very strange, takes some getting used to of you literally feeling intercourse as the woman and as the male at the same time in that kind of a union. But the way that that opens up your emotional relationship, connection, processing of the gifts and abilities and skills that come with it 
And the level at which it really is to be experiencing both instead of just the typical men are, hey, hurry up. We got to get ourselves a cum dumpster over here. Let's just like get on it and, you know, do our yeah, thing. Type I'll look at it as a, you know, every like uh, you have a kind of male uh, energy and female energy, absolutely, which transcends a bit the gender. At the, at the other time, I also think that, you know, masculinity is more prevalent in males and I'll look more in like integration, not like completely having that other half femininity in yourself, but then having the dance between the two. But the fact is that that natural dance, which still is like more masculine in the, in the male aspects and, and, and more female in the, in the females, is so distorted that there's a complete non-sinking of the biology like how we naturally communicate how we naturally relate and what we're being fed by the institution so i see a lot of schizophrenia this is also why a lot of people in the uh, past pickup community they were red pilled why because they saw that they were being told a lie be a nice guy be sweet you know like ask permission with everything you know like just be compliant ask her questions, be a therapist. It didn't work. And I was like, whoa, it's being fed to me constantly, but it's not working. Like, am I, am I wrong? What's going on here? And then I had to undo the conditioning because what was taught to me wasn't working purposely, I think, to destroy relationships, to have less babies, the population agenda, because basically the, the gender agenda is often like a, a non-sexual agenda, non-reproducing agenda. What's your thoughts about that? Well, there's a number of different ways this we're going to look even bigger picture from a lot of things. Mm -hmm. The gender identity issues and everything, not no accident. Obviously, with programming, chemical poisoning, endocrine disruptors, you know, much like you said, if you know, ask for everything. Listen, sometimes ladies want you to just mm, type a deal and don't ask permission. Throw them around a little bit, you know, in the in the right way. But we need to first take a look at in terms of all the vaccines, like we've talked about. All a bunch of these different vaccines are using aborted fetal cell lines that. They're now, this DNA and this consciousness has been so traumatized from an aborted fetus that was aborted in the womb. So you can think of the mother-child detachment that came from my mom chose to kill me instead of keeping me and abort me. This, this cell has now been grown under fluorescent lights in a sterile lab and poked and prodded and reproductions. And, you know, every one of the cells. Yeah, explain basically, I'm super curious because probably you will know more about this. And I'm really curious about this. So what's this process? Why did you need abortus fetuses? And also, I don't know if it's the case anymore, but people can look this up that in the past, at least there was like mercury in it and maybe aluminum or whatever, like very toxic kind of substances. Before you say like that, they put into it. How do the people explain that mercury, one of the most poisonous substances on the planet, was in vaccines. <laughs> it's, it's safe mercury. You know, one of those kinds of deals. But like, don't worry, we're injecting safe mercury into you. There's so why mercury? But what kind of explanation did they get to choose that poison? I mean, I'm really wondering, like, how they can explain this that they put this. I've, I've got someone that my my family is close to who's a nutritionist. And so, you know, classic four-year degree nutrition, I'm not speaking any ill of them whatsoever because they just, they don't understand it's okay. They don't have the capacity to, but when their doctor explained vaccines to them of why there's aluminum, which is a neurotoxin, it's an immunotoxin, mm -hmm. it's toxin period, especially in free nanoparticle form. Any toxicology book, you open it, read aluminum, nanoparticle aluminum injected into the body, poison, unacceptable <laughs> in any amount. Yeah. The doctor told him, well, it's there to stimulate the immune system. So it gets an immune response. So it's like, so you're saying, doc, you got to poison me 
in order for my vaccine to work. Do you listen to yourself? What the fuck did you go to school for eight years for, for you to completely be unable to read, you know, just like your dentist stuff and mercury fillings in your fucking mouth. What on earth you take, if you took the bucket, that they pull the amalgam or fillings fluoride out? is another thing like you know you can discuss like how but but fluoride you can take a look at the substance why what the hell is this yeah it's good for you yeah but why fluoride why from any substances that so thing you're, like so you're saying i should go mix coconut oil and rat poison but just a little rat poison and now this rat poison is good for me to make a coconut oil toothpaste with sodium fluoride are you listening to yourself do you know how many thousand studies on the toxicology of fluoride there are Thousands of them. Do you know how many safety studies there are proving the safety? Zero. Zero. How can we not have anyway? So moving back further from where I was. So we need to look at when we get into the traumatization of humanity and the gender issues, people now have, especially kids these days for the last 20 years, have a minimum of three people living inside them because there's a there's aborted fetal cells from both men or boys and girls. They were aborted babies of men and women both and we're mixing in like third fourth and fifth different dnl say or dna Do you know how, how how much uh children how much vaccines they get before a certain age 72 72 72 vaccines are what kids get now i got 12 i think 8 to 12 kids 72 now, 72 it's, it's actually more now with the covid shots coming out that's the that's the united states cdc schedule which by the way has never once been studied for safety not once. There's no studies of mixing more than one vaccine together for safety. Not one. So but the kids will get six vaccines. Sometimes they'll do a catch-up schedule. They'll give a kid 12 fucking vaccines in a single sitting. Totally safe. Doctor says, don't worry about it. It's like, well, doc, where's the safety? Stu-? There aren't any. Don't worry about it. The vaccines are safe. What? Anyway. Um, what's, what's there about germ theory versus terrain theory and the fact that- we, like- we got we to put a pin in that one because I want to step back to the gender thing for just a sec. So anyway, when we get to all the boys and girls and the gender confusion and everything, they have a minimum of three people living inside them. Because when you take and inject a young child whose cells are rapidly dividing and you inject the DNA, which when they tested the vaccines, the DNA was 10,000 times higher than the FDA's limit. Not one COVID vaccine has been analyzed to say what they say has in it is actually in it. Not one has been analyzed for purity or content or quality assurance. So anyway, the country of Italy actually did a study and tested a whole bunch of different vaccines, like 60 vaccines. They found that the the DNA vaccines, which are about half of them that have DNA inside of it because they need that for viral replication, they have to do it in aborted fetal cells. They found 10,000 times the FDA's limit of aborted fetal DNA. So when you inject this into adults, say an adult my size, my cells aren't really rapidly dividing. I have a very solid self versus non-self, usually anyway, self versus non-self. You get a brand new baby coming into the world and you stuff three different people's DNA inside of it that integrates into the host because this child is the host. The other thing is we got to say, we have no idea whose DNA is actually in there or what's we could do arconic DNA. We could say like Genghis Khan wanted to sleep, but he slept with like a hundred thousand women to populate the world. What kind of psychopaths like Jeffrey Epstein or whatever else is putting their DNA inside of these vaccines as well that we don't have any control have. You ever seen a test to show what's actually in it? No one does. What kind of psychopath is putting their DNA inside of it to put themselves inside of every other person? How do you need aborted fetuses? Can you explain that? The aborted fetuses are they need 
basically aborted fetal cells to be able to grow and replicate the viruses in. So moving mm. back to trauma, imagine the trauma of these aborted fetuses of the baby. If these cells are all alive and all still connected for the last 60 years, they've been poisoned. They've been replicated in a sterile, emotionless lab that their DNA, these cells are not immortal. So you're injecting a six month old baby, a three day old baby with the DNA of three different people that's 60 years old. So you got 60 year old fragmented, traumatized, nearly dead person style DNA being stuffed into a newborn infant that it's being integrated into its genetic code. And we have any wonder why people are so confused on who they are, what their gender is with the endocrine district, because they got three people living inside them, if not more. What does this do in terms of gender confusion when I've got three people integrated into my DNA tuning into these aborted mm -hmm. fetal cells that have for the last 60 years have been traumatized to no end? They literally use these aborted fetal cells. Pepsi uses them to test new chemical substance to find what can we put in pop to make it the most addictive substance on the planet because we got the strongest response from these aborted fetal cells. This is literally the level of satanic agenda that's out there. They take dead babies, pull out their cells, test chemicals on them and say, what can we find that's the most addictive substance we can put in our products to sell people so they keep drinking pop? Coca-Cola does the same thing, like absolute insanity. So part of this is too, I want to step back from the passionate polarization and let's put all of what I just talked about into a little bubble. Because humanity has been so far off its gender timeline of what a gender of man versus woman is supposed to be. We've become so disconnected. Part of this is humanity. Then the universe responds to this collectively saying, we're going to have now a bunch of, this is cause and effect. We're going to have a bunch of men who are now feminized and women who are now masculinized. So we see a lot of women rising up and doing the job of the man and protecting the baby and the vaccine awareness. Well, the men sit back and kind of play the feminine role for a little bit. It's because we came so far off kilter, even if we took everything else out of the equation, energetically, because we've become so far off, the universe has flip-flopped our roles a little bit to say, listen, guys, you're going to have to kind of play the woman for a little bit. And the woman's going to play the man until you guys get your shit together and figure out what is actually supposed to be what. So in terms of a long-term universal perspective, outside looking in, no polarization. There is a benefit to this to help bring humanity eventually back to the point it's supposed to be where men and women, for lack of a better word, are equal and they're shared. And yes, I'm masculine in the physical body, but I understand the feminine receptiveness. So this is kind of part of that. And part of it is we live in such a fucking hedonistic, instantaneous society that so many of these you know, the whole reason we have half of this activism and all this other nonsense is because women have gotten so bored with being stuffed full of drugs and alcohol and sex and attention and pictures and Instagrams and filling themselves with just this emptiness. They got nothing left to do besides I got to have some. When you kind talk of to smart women in their 30s and 40s, they realize I've been sold a lie. I was told that if I'm going to be independent, be like a man, have that successful masculine terms, I would be happy. And then they pass their fertile years and you start like reflecting. It's like, damn, that was like a lie that, that they told me would bring me happiness, but it doesn't. Officially, you can look at the numbers that the happiness of women has been like going down despite the fact that you have a lot more equality forced, equality forced sameness, et cetera. 
So it definitely serves a certain agenda that doesn't make them happy. Look at the state of relationship. Look at the state of communication. Look at the state how men and women f- feel. Is all this pushing of social justice making... And that, that social justice thing, that's all because women and men too, but women especially have been filled with so much emptiness of men. The idea is we're supposed to just give them all this shit with, like, and they have sex with us in return. That's kind of about it. Of Okay, we're going to buy you the clothes and the cars and the houses and the, you know, do all of this stuff for them. And so all this has just kind of been given to them and they get pretty girl syndrome. Well, all of a sudden their looks fade a little bit and they're like, I'm fucking empty inside. So I need something that's... Bro, next. this is absolutely what I often say. Like all these women in their 20s, they, you can't hold that attention. They're so distracted. They're in the prime of their sexual prowess. And then they waste all those fertile years of just like, you know, dating assholes or getting those ass, asshole males who can pit up with their drama and their, their, their distraction all the time. And then they then they have that period that they want to have a baby and they often become a single mom because they just, you know, want to have a baby in a year and don't think long term. And then you have these women who are like 35 who are like fucking around or a bit disappointed. But yeah, let's be honest. Like me as a guy, I was a virgin until I was 24, right? I mean, I didn't have my shit together. I was a beta male, you know, I was a nice guy. So I couldn't get the attention of women in their twenties. So I felt some resentment and I started working on myself. I'm happy, but it also came at a place called go fuck yourself. You know, I'll develop that word through working. But then the scale got flipped because I only getting more attractive. You know, I'm getting more successful, whether women like it or not, they want like a guy that they can respect is successful. And whether you like to or not, men pay more attention to the looks. And when a woman is there still on the inside working in the cell, but the looks fade. Yeah. You know, why would I choose a woman who's like 38 and I can't have a family with when I can go for 28, 30, 32 year old women. Yeah. I, and, and it's sad and it's that sad though for both sexes. I'm not saying we are right and they're right. It's kind of like sad of like that focus that is not making both of the sexes fulfilled. We're all equally unhappy at this point. And so many of them, the feminism role and the social justice warrior is, a lot of it in the movement is all of these women because they're so fucking dead inside that they're like, I need the next high. I need something to fill this void that I don't want to uh, deal with. The fact that, and I mean, it's not their fault. It's not the guy's fault. There's, it's this whole collective humanity is all kinds of screwed up right now, which we go through this period like every 24 and a half thousand or 26,000 years, the cycle. I mean, this is, we're coming out of the dark ages into the golden age. Well, this, this is, is what I'm awesome. curious about because I think that Normally, when you get more connection, you have a pendulum that you then connect with nature, human nature, the more natural way, the Tao, whatever, how you call it. But this perceptual entrainment is so big that people never face that silence, that reflection with themselves because they're constantly like, you know, now it's Facebook and the media, you know, and all the fear. But in the future, I see all that AI, you know, that can also create more possibilities, virtual reality. So people will be more perceptually entrained. So I'm wondering where the backlash will come since people are so plugged into that perceptual matrix that it's very hard to plug yourself out of it because you're constantly online. It's going to just be a period humanity is going to move through as part of its developmental process. And it's kind of humanity's either got to get its shit together or it's in for a really long period of darkness till the, right. earth, till the earth finally just falls apart and says, dude, you guys, you're all on your own, go die. And everyone's like, oh, you know, we need to go to inhabit other planets and whatever else. Be like, why? So you can go ruin that one too, you fucking douchebag. Yeah. How about you take care of the one you got before you go out to space and start ruining other shit. And then you encounter other alien species or whatever, you start dropping nukes on them. Be like, 
You think that's the solution? How about you get your shit together where you're at first before you start trying to think of ruin in other places in the universe? Like if I were an alien nation, I would sit here and sabotage anything humanity tried to do to get off the planet to be like, you dig bags are stuck here until you are not. I mean, because nuclear weapons, the ripples across time and space that these things do, you think you think other advanced civilizations want our stupid asses off this planet playing with our nuclear weapons, ruining the rest of the cosmos? I sure as fuck don't even want humanity here half the time. But it's also maybe because evil has such, you know, power or impression or manipulation lies in the seed because we have a lot of like power with energy. We use it to build, ad- not we use it, the people in power or certain elite use it to build atom weapons. We have a lot of research about trauma, we could use it to combat trauma, prevent trauma. No, let's use trauma. You know, we have a lot of things like what, what, what connects people. Oh, now we can disconnect people so they consume. And that's the sad thing. They use the knowledge, you know, for, for evil or manipulation while we could also use all these tools just, just for the good and for the benefit. And part of it is the, the solution to all of it is, do you know whose fault all of this is? ours because we let it keep at any point a person could stop and say do fuck this that's what i did i had to have an experience and jesus come and swear at me but at any point you could all of a sudden opt out and say listen no way and the whole point is every single person in humanity wants to take a pill to get better they don't no one wants to take personal responsibility for anything It's always somebody else did this, somebody else fix it for me, or Jesus is going to come fix it all for me or whatever else it is. Like, you know, I don't need to do anything. Yeah, this is, it's this famous slogan, like, do you want change? Yes. Do you want to change? No. (laughs) No. And this is also the often things that I see, like, okay, like it starts with individual and then the collective. I also don't believe in politics. I believe sometimes in like movements or, or principles that you stand for. And even that goes like in waves. But people always look for Trump is going to solve it. QAnon is going to solve it. He's going to solve it. Ryan Fulmig is going to solve it. And there's this whole projection and kind of idol, like he will do it for me. That movement will do it for me. Yep. That's the whole, I mean, that's the whole point of, they just, they play off. So, but the thing is, yeah, I heard the greatest argument ever, and I hate using the term ruling elite, but I'm going to use it because it's Mm -hmm. something people identify with. Number one, when you call them that you're giving away your power saying, wait, so they're the ruling. Why do you call them that? But number two, and this is going to make a lot of people uncomfortable. People always whine and complain about these gigantic agendas and the ruling elite and the plan they're unfolding and everything. I say, step back and be like, you know what? Here's the thing, though. These people love their children a whole fuck of a lot more than you do. Hear me out. Their children from day one are trained to rule nations. They don't eat GMO. They don't drink fluoride water. They're not vaccinated. They don't go to the public programming. Do you know why? Because their parents have their shit together because their grandparents had their shit together. That's why. And you got to stop and ask to be like, how did you keep For all these generations, you kept your family in line and kept them at this level while the rest of humanity played fucking Donkey Kong until they're 40. Whose fault is this? Why are we not saying, wait a second, why are we mad at them? Why are we not saying, maybe I should take a lesson in how to raise my children and take care of myself and be responsible? 
The only reason they're at where they're at is because 99.9999998% of people on this planet don't want to get their shit together. So I can argue and run around. I love to piss people off because they're a great guy. Jim Rohn, network marketing guy, because I do network marketing and I love it. And I was listening to him in cardio one day and he's like, there is no such thing as too expensive. Nothing in the world is too expensive. The problem is, is not that it's too expensive. The problem is, is that you can't afford it. Mm-hmm. It's never the problem are. It's never the problem you are. And it just like slapped me in the face of being like, whoa, hold on a sec. Like that level of responsibility of saying, what do you mean it's too expensive? There's no such fucking thing. You just can't afford it because you suck. And oh. it's also one of the things that I teach my clients, one of the principles of everybody who want to be a rebel with a cause, a visionary leader is you have to go first. So yes, I'm on YouTube. Yes, I'm on Facebook. I'm still using it, but I'm also paying with my perceptual attention and my focus. So do I want to be on these platforms that keep on becoming narrow, narrow and more tyrannical? No, I, I use it as a means to an end, but I would also encourage you to shop on other platforms than Amazon. Stop giving all the money to Microsoft, to Tesla, to uh, YouTube and these platforms. Also invest in alternatives. Yeah, but there's not enough people on there. Yeah, but it's that kind of thinking that, you know, you stay in a situation and it takes time. Of course, I'm also gradually building it up, but I'm also thinking like this is not tenable. I'm giving my power, focus, energy away to things that don't benefit me and enslave me. So yes, at the moment for my business, I'm using it, but I don't want to be dependent on those platforms. I want to go towards other more fulfilling kind of technologies and uh, ways to connect. Yeah, just like the movie, The Matrix. Listen, you would go into The Matrix to fuck with The Matrix. Yeah. You can use your social (laughs) media. Listen, here's the thing. You can use your social media to become wildly successful. Guess what? You become wildly successful using social media of Facebook and Instagram and putting out, you're pushing back against the machine and then you personally become financially successful. Guess what? Net gain or loss, huge win for you, not a big win for the system because you now have the resources to go fucking do something even bigger. So you can sit here and whine and everyone whines about the censorship and all these other things. It's all contract and agreement. You click the I agree button. If you don't like it, they told you ahead of time they were going to censor your shit if you stepped out of line. I owed Facebook and Instagram a giant debt of gratitude. Mark Zuckerberg, I know you didn't invent it. I know the CIA did from LifeLock or whatever it was or uh, anyway, LifeBook or something. I owe him a giant debt of gratitude because I'm only successful where I am because of social media and my ability to network and connect other people and the amount of parents that have been able to message me and say, because of you, my kids aren't getting vaccinated. But that's because of the matrix is not inherently good or evil. And if you don't like it, number one, don't click the I agree button. Number two, use your social media to say, hey, I found this really cool. I also think that they needed it to entrain people, their perception and without social media and technology and internet, this wouldn't be like possible. And again, here, spoiler alert, internet was invented by DARPA, (laughs) military arm. Like, I'm not inventing this. You can look this up. So when you look at these companies, they knew that, you know, they had to get, you know, the perceptual entrainment of people and then limit speech, et cetera. But I'm also thankful would be maybe a big word, but it also helped me create rebels within that system. And I don't need to cater to the majority. I was never meant 
to be liked or be popular by the majority. But if I can use the resources, I'm like a little flea in the system, right? But if yep. I can create my own ranch tribe community and I can make an impact there and wake some people up, co-create visionary leaders, that's fine for me. You know, I never wanted to create a new Google and, you know, have the whole monopoly. That was never my intention. Yeah, I don't want it. But the day I woke up and found out I was in the system, I decided to become a virus. Mm -hmm. And all it takes is one virus to spread through the whole system. And see, I have no animosity against it because DARPA inventing the internet. Fucking awesome. Thank you, DARPA. <laughs> the only reason it matters for systematic control and whatever else, once again, I don't blame DARPA. I don't blame the ruling elite. I don't blame Zuckerberg. I don't blame pharmaceutical companies. All this shit is right here in people's faces that if you wanted to know, you can find out right now, no problem. People don't want to. I'm not. This mad. is the thing. You have the religious thing that Jesus said, like, forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. But I can't say the same thing right now that they said in World War II, we haven't us need gurus to be didn't know. No, you choose not to know. You choose, yeah, you choose not to be not even to aware or you choose not to even check it out because I'm not taking in every conspiracy theory and that's a whole other topic. Like how many conspiracies have there been like on a whole level, like in history, like it's full of conspiracies. Hello, even Caesar was like stabbed. It's like full of them. It's like hard not to find them, you know, but to, to not believe in them. And most people that I talk to who have a critical stance, bro, they did a lot more research, man. I can have a lot more in-depth arguments than People who just repeat the mainstream narrative and just mimic it and that's it. Like they, they said, I did my research. They did it almost zero research. Or if they didn't try it. ABC's told, ABC News told me so. So it's become now <laughs> not, instead of forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. It's forgive them, Father, they don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> so I, and that, that removes the polarization of saying, you know, these fucking sheep wearing masks and whatever else. But like, honestly, there is a level of that, of, like you said at the very beginning. That a lot of that is useful because like, I know it's degrading somebody else, but at the same time, sometimes when you need to slap somebody across the face because they're acting a fool, sometimes you got to do that. And there's nicer ways to do it than others and whatever else. But sometimes you're not supposed to be nice about it. When the person that's got cancer sitting there shoving ice cream in their face saying, crying, why do I have cancer? Sometimes you got to fucking slap them and be like, because you're eating two buckets of ice cream per day, you idiot. This is the also a problem that I have because as a warm person of responsibility, on the other hand, I'm still trying to have empathy for the people who are maybe not awake or too brainwashed because they use tools for people to just believe in the narrative and not question things. So sometimes it's hard because I think it's so obvious, but then I sometimes ask myself the question. I also believed in that dating and seducing women so for so many years because I didn't know any better. So I can't be on a high horse right now and say like, yeah, now I know all the narratives. Like for instance, I will show... I was a vegan for a year and a half because I'm against pollution and I'm also against animal suffering. But then I saw a deeper agenda that they just want to control the food supply to artificial food, you know, and also in, in impact the testosterone. That also shook me like, fuck. Another <laughs> narrative right. that's crumbled. There will also be <laughs> narratives that, that I have right <laughs> now that, 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 <laughs> yeah, that are not true right now. So I'm not on my high horse like, oh, I know the ultimate truth. So I think still a part of those people or sheeple are following right now. There will be some kind of breaking point, sometime the rude awakening that also will make them question things. So I don't want to let them completely go and say like they're lost. Some are lost. Some people just need another awakening moment or more rude awakenings, I guess. Yeah. And it's, there's times for polarization and then we always can come back to there's always time for compassion. But sometimes there is time for polarity of sometimes you got to slap the spoon out of people's yeah. hands and like quit it. 
be like, just listen, if you want to hurt yourself and if you want to stay asleep, that's cool. But when what you're doing is now ruining my reality and you're trying to force vaccines and stuff on me, now it's okay to slap you across the face because you're trying to kill me. There, there's a big difference between peaceful and harmless. Very big difference. Peaceful is a choice. Harmless is you can't do anything. There is a very big difference between. And this is two. also the movement that they're doing right now with uh, hate speech, and then they move it to potentially harmful content that they want to remove. They always sell the solutions like, "Oh my God, there's one racist posting racist comments there." You know what? We should track all the communication online to remove racists. And they say like, "Oh yeah, that's good, removing racists," but they just track all behavior online, <laughs> track everything that you can say and censor your opinion. But they sell it like, "Yeah, we're going to tackle, you know, pollution. We're going to tackle racism." You know, oftentimes it's close in these good intentions and then people fall for it but they just don't look deeper like whoa ho. yeah we're gonna have transhumanism because we want to help people with uh, cancer live two years longer like all the benefits right mm -hmm. but then you look at other things the negative things they're almost never talked about i'm I, part is pessimistic another thing is optimistic i see also positive things in in, in technology but i don't see a lot of visionaries talk about all the negative effects that could happen is it inevitable? Can we not stop it, etc.? I see little futurologists talking about the downfall or revival of morals and ethics to counter it. It's almost taken for granted, like, yeah, we're going to be robots. I mean, Yuval Hari called us hackable animals. We're hackable animals now. Yeah, and part of the problem is people don't understand the capacity that the human being actually has. Because of through this transhumanism and this technology, technological integration, I want fucking nothing to do with that neural link because I know what this junk is going to do. And because I understand the potential for superhuman abilities that humanity actually has, the ability to be, you take even like autistic people and all these other things, people that can remember every single detail of everything they've ever done in their life of every time mm -hmm. and second, that's a potential for every human being on the planet. You take these people that are unbelievable superhuman gymnast and I will get into the military super psychic and super soldier program this is possible for every single person that even this supercomputer that I got a $10,000 liquid cooled 20 core 128 gig of ram you know ultra computer it doesn't hold a candle to the processing ability that the human potential actually is it's not even close even these quantum computers they speak of guess what the human beings potential dwarfs that yeah and you it's also set the you set the bar so fucking low for yourself you think you need ai to solve something that you've had the potential all along you just didn't believe in yourself at all yeah and it's not sure as the word potential because it's not often used when you just reflect i would ask this to the listeners or viewers when you think in terms of the word progress how is progress measured the last centuries? It's technological pro progress, or if you're making enough money, not like in terms of human potential progress, like a society making progress. Yeah, we have a faster computer. Yeah, we have a new technology that could help people live two years longer. But the whole moral, social, psychological, biological, ethical progress, it's almost uh, artistic progress. It's all in the back. It, it doesn't matter. Just worship the technology and... Uh, that's progress, but that's only one element. It's the left-hand path of putting your head before your heart. That's the problem humanity has is they need to slow the fuck down and be like, listen, Jurassic Park, yeah, we could, but should we? We need to slow down and say, listen, this yeah. is cool. We got all this AI and all this other stuff. And you know, even talked about like the censorship online. I actually agree with it to a very decent extent of saying, I've seen 
the way there's a lot of emotionally fragile people and I'm not mad at them. They're just, they can't even barely make it through their day. And one stranger online saying something to them, it ruins their entire day because they don't have the capacity to govern themselves. And so I've seen, you know, Facebook censoring comments of people saying really hateful things that it just deletes it and doesn't allow it. It's like, there is a lot of benefit to that because we have such a fragile society that is so butthurt because they have no sense of, no emotional processing capacity whatsoever. They're so traumatized and so poisoned. Somebody says one thing to them, this person can go commit suicide off of something a stranger said online to them. I have seen a lot of benefit of people not calling each other, you know, the morons and niggers and whatever else. And yeah. like, I see a, a lot of benefit in that. Is there the potential for abuse? Absolutely. But this is going to just be part of the, yeah, there's going to be dickheads that are in control of it that are going to do things. But at the same time, the amount of emotional processing and loose energy that's been saved from being bled and people being fed off through this hostility and negativity also provides an incredible benefit to, we can't really measure the amount of that. Of yes, Well, I have another opinion about that because I think open debate and censorship almost in history, it will always determine like who determines the morals and who determines the communication. But I get it, some communication, okay, so that's like consequences. But I think we don't look at like a higher level thing. Like, you know, when you look at all the problems we have, depression, okay, we need more pills. We need more doctors. Yeah, but why is this happening? Okay, let's look at the bigger picture, like these high-level solutions, like instead of tackling the cause or the effect, let's tackle the cause of the bigger picture. And it seems we have such a warped vision, so in the moment, so fearful, so hedonistic. We don't have the bigger picture of fulfilling elements in our life and how to make the puzzle pieces fit. Yeah, and part of it takes embracing almost, sort of like you and I have a little bit of almost a schizophrenic view of being able to look at polarization okay but wait let's step back a second uh, it's not even split personality it's you can jump in and out of these at will understanding there is the polarization that it's great to get passionate but we also need to step back from a larger perspective and look at everything and say well of course you know listen this is little 3d ego me getting passionate that's awesome that's a good thing but we also got to, you know, kind of play. Let's look at this from the other role and step outside. Yeah, of this is role. the thing that I often see. And this is the thing that I relate to, to what you're saying. You kind of have the balance of the two, the personal responsibility, and then the connection with like source energy consciousness. Because in a way, when you look at the matrix, NEO means it stands for NEO, new, like the individual, but also one, you know, the collective, the total. So it's, it's like the blend of the unique individuality and also the connection to the complete whole. So it seems complete polar opposites, but it's in a dance between the two. I would never advocate for one or the other, but both are important connection to the whole bigger picture universe, et cetera, because we're only like here for a small span of time in this body, but then also your individual expression, you know, that you do here for this limited amount of time. It's also valuable that personal responsibility and mask or role that you play. Yeah, it's all part of it is we're all reflections of the whole, you know, the what's the quote, the mirror broke into a thousand pieces and each thought of each piece of it thought it had the truth. Mm. We are still we have this collective consciousness, especially I mean, myself, absolutely, for sure. The totality of my soul's experiences aren't here right now. I have for the most part 3D Adam, you know, that lives here in this limited blink of an eye perspective that's occupying this flesh prison for a period of time. I love the term flesh prison. It makes me laugh so hard. I mean, it's probably not a very healthy way to talk about your, 
this amazing. I know what a flashlight is, but that's a whole other topic. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, I'm okay. I'm, I have a sense of humor, a lot of Scorpio energy in my sense of humor. It's really dark sometimes, but that's okay. Cause I embrace it. And just, that's part of, you know, consciousness is embracing every aspect of, I can be a cynical dick and I can be a really nice guy at the same time. All of it's just a flavor and an experience that melds into this mushing pot. Kind of like every single one of our, I have a lot of people that I don't like them. However, when I step outside of, I don't like them, their perspective that gets added, that's so unique of mine. Mm-hmm. I maybe don't agree with 99.9% of it. I'm being like, you're a fucking moron. What are you? But that little teeny bit, if I'm able to step away from it and say, but there was a little piece of what you said mm-hmm. that changed a lot of me. And without that, you know, the world is a lonely place without somebody else. Imagine if you're the only person out there and you get real to most people can't stand themselves for even 10 minutes is why they can't go meditate. Because they literally, at our core, we all hate ourselves. I'm like, I don't want to go meditate because now I'm stuck alone with my thoughts. Yeah. And I don't really like myself. So I need the distraction. That's kind of the core root of it. And that's why. But the human experience is all about other perspectives. Because while we're all connected and whatever else, be like, but we're not all one. We're all connected. But I'm not you. And that's the beauty of it, though. And at some point we all become one again, but at that point, my whole soul has been completely recycled and, you know, I'm not having an individualized experience anymore. And I've just moved back into uh, Neo plugging back into the zero point all done. Yeah. This is what I'm also reflecting about a bit about, and it seems like very gluely, like dealing with my death, you know, my death between like brackets, et cetera, like, like how sometimes a good life is a, is when you're well prepared for that, you know, which doesn't mean like ultimate preparation, but you just like, or, or ready to, when you see it, that that or new life or et cetera, you know, seems young that I'm already like reflecting about it. It's like, Hey man, what if I would die? What if I would get cancer or any kind of disease? So that would be a whole other topic, how cancer is created, et cetera. But I'm asking myself these questions because why, why postpone this important moment in your life? Like we, we often postpone these important things, push them away. Same thing with the meditation. I know a quote by Osho, like meditation is dealing with boredom. We constantly wish for the fact that we have rest and kindly sit still. And then we sit still and we can't, <laughs> we can't handle it. You want to be busy again. <laughs> it's like my kids that want to play with a new toy. And the second I get it, they want to go play with their old toys. Yeah. It's like, I just bought you, a, I'm going to slap you children. Like, oh. uh, CPA, I don't actually hit my kids. Just yeah. throwing it out there. <laughs> you got to put a disclaimer. Yeah, one this um, one two two topics that we can maybe talk about is the one thing that I'm also like passionate about, and it's a taboo topic, often top three. Like, let's call it as it is, genital mutilation. Oh my god, genital- like the fact that you and 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 there's some even rights because asked is it actually being done in in Israel that sometimes a rabbi still sucks the blood out of a freshly chopped penis? Sorry to say it so directly, but we should call it like it is. It is and what that, it is. I mean, if you if you, if you want to have it out of hygiene reasons, etc., you could do it later. But what's the reason to do it so early and traumatize the kids by cutting off a healthy piece of their body, almost like a blood Assyrian ritual? It's crazy. Yeah, it's, and I, it's, and I try to talk to it a lot of people and there's so much resistance and they condone their position. And in America, also so many men are circumcised, which I think is weird because you're, you're not Jewish or Muslim. Yeah, it's a terrible idea. It is the worst idea humanity has ever come up with outside of nuclear weapons, possibly, or fluoride or vac, you know, mass vaccine. It's, it's a bad idea. Infant male genital mutilation is known as the mark of the slave because 
the Egyptians, this comes back to ancient MK ultra trauma, like mm-hmm. trauma-based mind control is nothing new. This goes back centuries and eons that if you do that, if you traumatize the infant male doing that, you have severed the connection between the head and the heart. This is why we're finding so many problems, especially in the United States, because when you do that, you sever the connection between the head and the heart, because you have at the very core of an infant's brain, at the very innermost part of it, you have caused trauma and brain damage. They took brain scans of an infant that was circumcised and they used obsidian blades inside of an MRI machine because you can't use metal ones. They did a, a brain scan of this infant and the doctor, after looking at the brain scans, like almost killed himself being like, what did I just do? You're like, I understand this was for science and everything, but he saw the brain damage that he gave to this infant boy of by mutilating its genitals. He almost killed himself because he was so riddled with grief. The problem is now because of these wounds in the masculine that are inflicted at birth, that I've gone through the circumcision trauma detox and still working with it. The amount of, as you get older, trying to deal with and rewire these brain systems, you have to rewire entire neural circuitry. You have to kill off your brain. And, and also it's like giving a signal, I'm not okay as I am. You know, there has to be something like removed, like in a, in a kind of energetic sense. So I, I think people say like, yeah, you need it because of in the desert, you have like sands and it creates, you know, like, I don't know, which I think like, why do you still need it now? And then B, yeah, some guys come too fast, but some guys, they don't come fast. So sometimes when he's circumcised, they have less and less, all these very sensual pieces. There's so many blood in it, you know, that's like cut off. So they lose the sensitivity in their dick. So they really have to roughly take a woman to still have like a sensation because they're just de- completely desensitized in, in like a core part of you being a like physical man, let's say like your penis. Yeah, there's the confidence issues, the self-worth. And so the other problem is that when you've traumatized and quite literally damaged the male energies, which you have, these wounds in men are then projected onto women to where, because I'm damaged goods, I'm now treating basically this, the women like a cum dumpster, for lack of a better way to put it, because I don't respect myself. So I can't reflect. Not giving power, but taking power. Yeah. Yeah. I can't reflect respect to you in true sense either. And I can't connect with you. So it's because I'm damaged goods, you're damaged goods now too, because I don't have the capacity to reach this emotional processing. So all the wounds of the masculine, like when we see so much rape and the way men just, the promiscuality of it and the whole lack of actual emotional connection through lovemaking, it's just, it's fucking and it's not emotional lovemaking. Obviously there's the societal movies and all the other crap that's put out there, but men have been physically and emotionally disabled from day one that they're they got brain damage sorry guys you have brain damage because your brain structure was altered near permanently unless you put the work in you do not have this emotional processing capacity that you would have if all of this was left intact and if your brain wasn't changed by this trauma it creates a sense of self-dissociation as well because there's that piece of who you were born as a little infant child, half of your consciousness needs to leave because if not more, because it can't deal with the trauma and just enough of you stays back to keep you from dying. And when the whole thing is finally over, 
You've got all these walls of trauma and brain damage that your whole self can't come back. There's a piece of you of this little inner child that is locked in the core of your brain that you can't access due to these walls of trauma. And this thing gets, when it's you lock something alone like that, it starts to fester. And this is a weed sown in darkness that unless you deal with it, it grows and manifests into bigger and bigger problems. Hence why we see men just like they get drunk and they just treat their dick like a what a stick it at anything, who cares type of deal. Because at their core, when these inhibitions are released, they're damaged goods. So they don't care. They're going to just go like, fuck something because they don't care what they're sticking it in. They're damaged goods as far as their subconscious is concerned, but they've walled it off so bad. That they've never taken the time to say, wait a second. What is this little program that's running down in my subconscious? But I don't have access to that because I'm too distracted and I don't want to sit there and deal with you take what guy wants to sit there, especially in today's side, wants to go, yeah, I got these self-confidence issues and the self-worth and these self-sabotaging things. Be like, I'm going to sit down and really figure out where this is coming from. Now, I have all of that. I still this is what Exactly. This is the question I want to ask because I also dealt and dealing with work addiction. I was addicted to weed for a long time, still struggling a bit with porn addiction, a bit like struggling with it, but less than before, but working on it. Do you still see yourself as a work in progress and a recovering addict or what's your relationship with addictions? Because what I often sometimes see with addictions is people have an addiction to a specific substance and then they quit it. But then that attention, trauma, whatever, how you see it, it gets like projected at another thing. And then that thing becomes the addiction. Like I have a client and then, you know, he turned into like triathlon and addiction to sports, which sounds good, but it was just another addiction. Another mm -hmm. thing to get self-validation from. Oh yeah. I'm going to be completely, I'm a work in progress still. I still have plenty of vices. I still do. I still smoke cigarettes at times and I still drink coffee. Like, you know, back and forth. And if I don't smoke cigarettes for a long time, do really good. All of a sudden sugar starts looking mm, good. Yeah. And you know, it's a continual battle that I'm far from perfect, but I'm at least willing to be honest with myself and say, yeah. I know where this is coming from. It's something I'm working on. And I get it sometimes too. You just got to put on big boy pants and say, I got to just sit in my shit and deal with these, yeah. deal with these addictions. That's all there is to it. But we're not always all there. The circumstances may not be right. We may I, not so many times in addictions, there would be a whole other podcast. It's like, I will, I will quit then. Uh, just a little bit of time. Okay, it's just my birthday. <laughs> like, yeah, all yeah, these yeah, yeah. excuses. And before you I'm know, ready. it's like five years further, like still Dude, finding I'm excuses. I'm ready tomorrow, five years later. <laughs> I'm ready tomorrow, you know? And part of that comes from our own inability to want to deal yeah. with these things and sit in our shit which we do need to do. And like I said, I'm not perfect. It's okay. I'm not judging anybody for anybody or where they're at. Different people have different levels of trauma. I mean, I was injected with God knows how many freaking vaccines and I was put on the military suicide pill known as Lariam that yeah, the yeah. fact that this is even still given to people, it's holes in your freaking brain. Like Jai, I could feel them for years Whoa. after my, I mean, I literally, I had the most insane hallucinations that I have all these like memories still of being deployed. Does they always give to, doesn't it always give to malaria or whatever? Is that also? Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be a malaria, whatever. Yeah. It's a, it's a loose harvesting thing because it's not even effective against malaria. Not even close. I have like, a million other things that work better. I was smoking like joints, like two, three joints per day, but I was like hyperactive. I could still like function, but I also had this Jesus moment, you know, once in a while I smoke a joint, but now I can handle it because in the past I couldn't moderate it. If you can't moderate it, it's often better to abstain and just shut down the temptation. But I also had this Jesus moment that oftentimes like this, I call it the deeper self says like, 
what the hell are you doing, man? You can yeah. do better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll share with you that exact Jesus moment you're talking about. And, you know, listen, I, Christianity and the church and everything, I, I don't really get along. It's a with symbol it. for a uh, deeper voice. It, yeah. Yeah. Call it 438 or 432 yeah. or, you know, 888 or 1618, 0.618. Jesus. I don't really care what you, however you want to put it. Great. I call it Jesus. Jesus is my buddy. But there was one night I got really drunk. I ate a bunch of mushrooms and then I put DMT on top of pot and smoked it. And that's when Jesus came and said, what the fuck are you doing? And it was not the drugs because I was still really coherent, mm -hmm. but all of a sudden it was like coming in and it was very clear of the Jesus moment of saying, you have two choices. You keep doing what you're doing. You're going to be dead in about eight to 10 months. You can, Go for it. Knock yourself. It's not my choice, but you are going to be so pissed off when you get to the afterlife of what you wasted mm -hmm. in terms of your potential and the amazing yeah. that your life was going to be. Addiction is trading one thing for everything else. Mm. Healing is trading everything else for that one thing. And so he explained it to me. He said, there, there's that choice. This other one, he explained all the other stuff. He showed me all the cancers in my body and the holes in my brain and the vaccine crap and everything that I'd been injected with. He says, I know it looks bad, but there was the voice of uh, the Bible verse, if you will. I find useful in Bible verses. Luke 137, through God, all things are possible. He said, God created the entire fucking heavens and the earth. You think you can't fix this? Get your shit out of the way and watch what happens. Take my hand. Let's go. Jesus told me, and he didn't talk to me, you know, that way the entire time, but I'm adding my own little personal flavor to the experience. But it's basically what he said. He's like, dude, just take my hand and follow me. Watch. God can do anything. You think God can't fix this? Where the hell were you when he created the heavens and the earth? <laughs> you think God can't do this? What is it? It's like, yeah. And it's also when you look, when you look at it at a bigger perspective, whether you're religious or not, the, the impact of beliefs on, on physical elements no matter how deep you want to use that sentence. I know people who got cancer and they say like, fuck it, I'm going to smoke until I die because uh, I'm just going to die and that's it. And I know people who uh, change their health and, and the doctors look at them like, oh my God, I've never seen a person so healthy or what happens is like a miracle because just look at the whole placebo effect. What the hell is this? Like, why is it like, whoa, like thoughts and beliefs are so powerful that people can feel just an effect because they, they, they think they're going to have it. You know, like it's, it's, it's really powerful and underestimated, but again, it's put in a woo woo thing, etc. but there's also natural ways. Like what you talk about your thoughts that can have an effect on how you feel the reality that you have and heal your body. There's Bruce Lipton has it down to the science of epigenetics being like, we can literally watch people's thoughts change your genetics. You go to uh, Joe Dispenza of his sorts of things, but like these sciences are very real. The problem is it's not even like the suppression of it. It's the fact that people don't want to step out of their belief systems. Mm -hmm. They don't want to step into their personal power and their responsibility of Wait, I can reprogram my genetics with my thoughts, meaning this stuff is on me. I believe no, that this no, no. I believe cancer genes. Yeah. That's the problem. I'm I believe that this belief doesn't work. So I'm gonna stick with my beliefs because beliefs don't work. Whoa, your belief is pretty powerful. How is that belief working out for you? Pretty miserable, but I'm gonna really be attached <laughs> to it. Right? But yeah, I'm super <laughs> attached to it. Be like, this belief system is me and I need it. It's like, no, that's where. You got to learn some Scorpio energy of death and rebirth here, buddy. And let's recycle that energy. But 
you know, nobody's given, the problem is none of us are really like given a textbook manual on this. It's humanity still so fragmented between all these sciences and everything that we don't have the coherence yet. This is a crazy thing there. that I sometimes talk to doctors and they, they, they're like, how much do you see about nutrition? Oh, one week. How much about vaccines? Like one week. I mean, it can be longer, et cetera, but a very, 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 very small percentage. They look at that. You have like a specialist for your pinky. Oh, I go to the pinky specialist, right? Like super, <laughs> super zoomed in, right? But if you want to take a look at the, the person, the context, the whole, it's like, no, 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 not important. And then you have going back to the Greeks, like, you know, healing yourself with food that they already talk about. And all like, no, it's not important. And it, you can look at the gut that has uh, more like uh, serotonin or dopamine, one of the two of, or neurons than your brain, you know? So it's your second brain. It's literally also impacting yeah. how you feel. And you're like, oh, that's very, it's not you. I'm really basing this on science. Sure, shut up. We're going to get you some nutrition. Here's Pedialyte or Pediasure or whatever it is. Unbelievable. Bro, I think we could talk about a million topics for sure. And I didn't mention all the topics you've like written books about. If people want to check out more about you, Natural Remedies and all the future books that you're launching, where can they check out more about your stuff? (laughs) Plug into the matrix and find me on social media. (laughs) Just your name, right? Just just for right now, we're going to start moving to some different programs and places to plug in, but just find me for social media right now. I've toned it down to where I just don't get kicked off of like, listen, there's still a ton of benefit that can happen. So I'll sit on there a little bit. New solutions are coming. I'll plug in when it's time, but I haven't really felt the whole, I'm at peace with the matrix, but like it is what it is. I'm going to cause a little bit of chaos and whatever else. I just don't feel like getting banned. So I'll just kind of play by the rules, but I still have a net overall positive good that gets out there so i'm just i'll use it for what it can do and bring good to people to say here's some topics and education here's where you find me connect with me people can then ask me questions really easily i can get back to them and you know provide a whole lot of good as much as possible till i move to the next phase which is coming shortly to where i just won't be available personally all that and much. What, what would you advise for we're, we're approaching like the winter and probably more lockdowns and more polarizations to people who are not vaccinated what are what is a message or what is something you would leave for the people who are going in this period with some hopeful message or something to focus on in the coming months ah number one we're going to start with personal responsibility if you know this is coming it is not difficult to use a million different tools some network marketing i don't care which company it is do whatever you want i work with some amazing ones fantastic opportunity you don't have to pick mine find some way to either work online embrace it and just be like i have to embrace gigantic levels of change and if you know this is coming in your state states like florida we have made it very or the not we but the, the <laughs> yeah. government here i don't identify with the government mm. but the government here has made it very clear we're not ruining the economy we're not lockdowns we're not vaccine passporting there's a number of states that have said you know this is coming we are not partaking in it you're not a tree i get you're going to have to change your life but you need to weigh the consequences of your life and you stay where it's going to be at when you know this is coming and they've told mm-hmm. you yeah it's going to ruin your life and it's going to suck and if you stay there the longer you stay there it's a frog in a boiling pot of water you're eventually screwed the other part of it moving outside of that is a lot of the world is kind of starting to say go fuck yourself because we did the one vaccine we did the two vaccines mm-hmm. we got good uptake whatever else it's all still going on they're going to blame the anti-vaxxers they already are mm-hmm. yeah but the agenda is kind of starting to fall apart because the we're at like in america i think we're at like 60 percent of people have been mm-hmm. vaccinated okay cool beans we got like 60 percent of them 
When it comes time for number three, that number is going to drop to about four. Number three is already being pushed. Come November, you know, November-ish, December, they're going to push vaccine number four. They're going to get to about 20% of people. So at some point, this whole take another vaccine, take another vaccine, take another vaccine, it's already starting to fall apart. The whole thing is like all the conspiracy theorists that have been saying everything. Spoiler alerts. You mean the spoiler alerts. Spoiler alerts. <laughs> Have they've already told you all of this? And 18 months later, people are kind of starting to say, you know, perhaps I need to start noticing the patterns that you have told me everything to a T that was going to happen has, and everything you said is going to happen. They're already telling us about it. So maybe I need to get with the program. And there's going to be people that hang on and want to fight for their slavery and they think fear is a virtue. But it's kind of like when you get a scared animal. When they're backed into a corner, which so much of humanity is right now, this scared animal, even if you're trying to help it, is going to fight back and try and bite you. Part of it is just kind of you got to go gentle with it. And these people that don't want to get with the program, they're also, they didn't incarnate to this time around. This, they're here to just have an experience and live their life. And they're too traumatized and too stressed out. And they're barely making ends meet or their job depends on that, whatever it is. We can't blame people for reacting out of fear. We don't have to like partake in it and we don't have yeah. to encourage it, but we also can't blame people who are just scared and don't want to step out yet. Like that's not something we can yell at them for. We can sometimes if it's starting to affect us. So do things look absolutely grim? Well, yeah, you know, kind of, but at the same time, you've been given notice on all of this. If you haven't gotten with the program and figuring out The job world is going to change. There's a lot. There are so many opportunities in the natural health world as people wake up. It probably will just take you changing your life. Whatever life you had that you were doing, come to terms with that shit's done. That's all there is to it. Figure out there's a different way to do something because there's a million opportunities out there that you just got to let go of this old crap that isn't serving you. And I get that death and rebirth of your microtubules and microfilaments that connect your reality streams together and everything all have to break and it hurts. Like I've been there, I get it, but just get out of it. You know, this is coming. You know, some states are going to suck. There is a light at the end of the tunnel that the third vaccine, there's a whole lot of people more than what were are not interested. When they get to vaccine number four, you're going to lose 80% of the population. That's just like, we're done here. So Be part of that solution that says, listen, you want to talk about immunity and health, get into that. Educate people saying, listen, we know that's not the answer. Well, then what is? Let me show you. Let me help you. Let me usher you into something that replaces that and let that bullshit die. It's The world is a very opportune place right now because the time between thought and manifestation for people paying attention right now is very short. Why? Because very few people are actually working on making their dreams a reality because they're stuck in arguing and they're stuck in fear and they're stuck in all this other crap. If you can say, I'm going to focus on making my life amazing, that path is going to rocket ahead because nearly nobody is doing it because they're stuck in this other junk. Just make your life amazing. Heaven on earth. You're a conscious co-creator of your own reality. Exactly. And that's, that, that, is, that is what I also like about your story that you also at a certain point that Jesus moment said, like, look at where you're at right now with the consciousness and the decisions that you make. Where will you end up? While you can still stand and reflect on an individual level, on a societal level, like look at right now where I am. 
Am I going to make the same choices, same actions, or am I going to invest? So when I do this, this compounds and I will have a better future, man, in a natural way, in a more human way. Thanks for sharing your inspirational message and your aha moments and Jesus moments. And I wish <laughs> you all the best in your career, man. Let's keep on Thanks. speaking the truth and making an impact, brother. Thanks for having me on. This was a ton of fun. And we'll, let's catch up and do it again soon. If you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and support our mission of freedom of speech. With increasing restrictions on fundamental freedoms, we believe that now, more than ever, is the time for you to be an online coach or consultant and become independent from the system. That's why we created the Client Closer Academy. Learn how to consistently enroll clients and join a community of fellow free thinkers who value personal responsibility, speaking their truth, and making an impact. Find out more at clientcloser.com slash academy. Rant over.